0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and today we have very juicy topic to talk about. So juicy that it will be split into two episodes. Uh, today's subject is about body positivity, both as just a general concept and as a movement. And I just have so much to say on the subject that, like I said, it will be split into two episodes. So this is part one, and... Yeah, kind of laying the groundwork, kind of nitpicking the, the movement, if you will. And yeah, and then we'll get into some extra, extra juicy stuff in the next episode, so stay tuned. So to get started, I just want to talk about what is body positivity, right? So body positivity in general, I guess, could be summarized as loving your body regardless of what it looks like. Um... This is different from body neutrality, which I'll discuss in a minute. When I say regardless of what it looks like, I'm not saying that you have zero regard for what your body looks like. You're supposed to be fully aware of what your body looks like, and you're supposed to like what you see. That's the whole gist of it, right? And I was doing a bit of research before um, recording this episode. And I I found this really interesting USA Today article that kind of talks a bit about the roots of the movement. So I want to make a quick nod to that, uh, that the body positivity movement has roots in the fat acceptance movement from the 60s and was created by and for people in marginalized bodies, especially fat, black, queer, and disabled bodies, which I think is an interesting thing to note now because as we'll kind of discuss later in this episode and in the next. Those tend to be the exact types of people that have now been pushed to the fringes of the movement and really aren't reaping the benefits of it or are receiving a lot of backlash from it. So yeah, that'll be really interesting to delve into today. So yeah, let's get on into it. I did mention the term body neutrality earlier, and that's something that I, I've i heard the term floating around a bit before, but when preparing for this particular episode, I did like 30 seconds additional research, right? And it's a very fascinating thing. Something I wish I knew more about before now. But body neutrality is focusing on what your body can do for you and not what it looks like, right? So you might be like, I like my arms because it allows me to hug the people that I love. That's, I think, one example. Um, yeah, it focuses on, it emphasizes how you feel in your body. You know? Yes. So yeah, so then kind of getting into that, an example of um, practicing body neutrality is an example I read in an article. If you're sitting in a chair for a long period of time and you feel cramped and you decide to get up and move your body a bit to kind of stretch, you chose to get up and do that because of how you felt in your body. You felt uncomfortable and you're moving your body to feel more comfortable in your body. Not to burn off calories or anything like that, because that would probably relate more to the image aspect of things, of you moving your body and attempting to purposefully lose weight to look a certain way, which there is nothing wrong with that, but that's not necessarily the point of neutrality. Yes, I consider neutrality to be a bit more intuitive. It is just focused on how you feel and definitely offers that leeway for bad days, Um, where you just don't feel your best in your body and that's not bad. I think it's an interesting thing just because the movement isn't really premised on how much you like or dislike your body per se. Like that's not, that has nothing to do with it literally. That's where the neutrality part comes into it. Regardless of like how you think you look or how you feel about the way you look, you're just supposed to acknowledge that this is the body I have. It's the only body I have. And, you know, I have one life to live. I should appreciate the things that my body can do for me. Stuff like that. And I think that's a very interesting way of thinking about it. Um, Something I was looking at earlier is like that floating head um, idea. Like you don't think about what your body looks like at all. Like you don't think about your body, period. Just like thinking that you are a floating head, essentially, which I think is so cool. Honestly, because I think there's mo- there's room for share for both the body positivity movement and the body neutrality movement, because as I, you know, kind of briefly touched on the roots of the body positivity movement, we're not evil. Like it's it's stood for great things. I just think the way it's been implemented, you know, so many decades later is very much flawed. So at its core, what the body positivity movement stands for is very much so needed by society and it was a great idea and probably its implementation probably started out really well and just kind of went south especially with the rise of social media so I think there's definitely room for both I can give my personal two cents here because that's what I'm here for is I probably fall more towards um, body neutrality because you know personally body positivity was very hard for me in the sense that it's like this overwhelming amount of positivity. Like I'm supposed to like the way my body looks every day. And I, I can't, like, that's just not possible for me. Maybe I'll get one good day a week if that, right? So it's easier for me to one, focus I mean, I have a variety of health issues, but the little things that you take for granted or, you know, regardless of what state your body is in, you have a body, your body exists. It's a thing, right? So yeah appreciating your body for existing and whatever state that may be, regardless of how you feel about it, it exists, right? So that's easier for me. I'd rather ignore it. And every once in a while, I would like to appreciate the way that it looks, which is where, you know, body positivity would come in to play. As I said, there's room for both. But personally, I think body neutrality is really interesting. I'm sorry for touching on it so briefly. That's, you know, not really and the overwhelming um, point of this episode was not to talk about body neutrality per se. Um, I would love to delve into that more in the future. I'd love to do more research. It's definitely a more fresh movement. I believe it was started in 2015, like that particular term was coined around 2015. So it's very young compared to the body positivity movement. Um, yeah, so that's something I totally encourage anyone who's listening to this to possibly research more yourself. It's something I want to research more myself. I think it's really important to find the method of acceptance for your body that works best for you. Um for some people body positivity has been incredibly, you know, helpful for them and the movement has helped them. And for other people body neutrality is just the more realistic route to go. So I think yeah, definitely just finding different ways to look at your body and accept it for what it is. And I hope we can all get to that point of acceptance because insecurity is very much so natural. Don't feel guilty or ashamed for not loving your body. It's very easy to get wrapped up in, you know, images of so many like confident people who are just like, showing their bodies to the world or just, you know, seemingly are very comfortable in their own skin. Insecurity is natural. And, you know, even if it might be hard to believe that some people um, ever get insecure, everybody does. At least one time, everybody has been insecure. So I do encourage us all to find, you know, the way, the lens through which to look at our bodies that works best for us and brings us the most joy at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so kind of moving on from that, um, something I'm touching on today is thin shaming versus fat shaming. And this is, hmm, I was a little bit apprehensive about discussing this, not because I don't have my own solid views on it, because I do, um, and not because I wanted to kind of come and give some buttered up response that wasn't true to appease XYZ that that's not the point of the podcast but just to make sure i'm saying things in the best way i am not an expert on this subject i primarily you know ventured into um, planning this episode and even kind of came up with the idea for the episode based more so on personal experience that is what this episode was more so supposed to be my experience with body positivity and then i got so wrapped up in some really interesting youtube video essays and i was like i want to talk about this so here we are. Um, yeah, I'm learning new things and constantly, you know, looking at new perspectives on things. So, of course, everything I say right now is coming from the perspective of someone who is on the thinner side. And no matter how much I may attempt to sympathize and empathize with the fat community, that is just not an experience that I have experienced or Yeah, I could fully, fully, truly, truly understand the extent of. Another note before I continue about the use of the word fat throughout this episode and the next. Fat should not be a negative word, and I don't really like the stigma that has been attached to it for so many decades, probably more than decades, honestly. I don't think that it's an adjective. At its core, it's just an adjective. In the same way that the word skinny should not be overly praised or be given an overwhelmingly like positive connotation these are adjectives to describe people and particularly with the word fat and i know that there's been this whole thing especially with the fat acceptance movement of reclaiming the word fat and i totally agree fat shouldn't be used as an insult that that shouldn't be an insulting word you know but unfortunately like i said because of the stigma attached to it and so because of so much of the flack and just crap that the fat community has faced it has kind of perverted that word which is really really unfortunate but you know as part of reclaiming the word and recognizing it as an adjective at its core that is the word that will be used and it is the most correct word to use i this is i just said i was going to talk about thin shaming versus fat shaming but something else i wanted to say is we kind of fall into euphemism sometimes and I feel like the inability to discuss the issue in plain terms kind of takes away from it. For example, if you're discussing sex and you're not using the um, correct anatomical terms for genitalia and whatnot, it does kind of take away from everything that you're saying just a little bit. Um, So yeah, here we used correct terms. So as I was saying, as I went off on that tangent for a second, thin shaming versus fat shaming, And I just want to start off by saying both suck and neither should exist. And that's just, it's horrible. No one should be ridiculed for the way that their bodies look. And that's just crap. I have more to say on that in a minute, but I just wanted to preface that before I continued. Something I really wanted to bring up. I I think this is, I don't think this should, we shouldn't be playing struggle Olympics. I think we shouldn't. I just want to say, everything I say. I'm going to qualify in a second, so I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say something after. But we shouldn't be playing struggle Olympics, especially among women. This kind of back and forth, I think, is very unproductive and isn't pushing, you know, body positivity, body neutrality, whatever. It's not pushing anything forward if we sit and argue amongst ourselves. I do think that there's objectively a group of people who has had it worse. And I do think that that is the fat community. Like, I'm not going to sit here. I know that, you know, I have faced, you know, really gross comments, very backhanded compliments about the way my body looks and those things have had a profound effect on my mental health and body image growing up and even, you know, to today. And I've been working really, really hard on that. It's been really, really, really hard. But I do know that I do sit in a position of privilege being a smaller person, and I wanted to bring up the fact that the world, or at least our society, was made for slim people. Case in point. You know, I was it was just something I was watching, and it was talking about, you know, little little things that your fat friend might experience that the rest of their friends may not notice. Um, things like seatbelts, restaurant booths, and clothing stores. And I'm gonna talk about these a little bit more. When it comes to seatbelts, right? The length of the seatbelt, especially ones that go around your um, your midsection, it's very embarrassing for bigger people to have to raise their hand on like a plane or something like that, wherever it may be, to say I need an extender on my seatbelt. Like you can imagine, there's a plane full of people. That's you know it's kind of like I'm the odd person out because how many people have ever had to ask for things like that? You know that's it can be a very embarrassing situation. Perfect example of, of something just being. Cater to smaller people restaurant booths another thing that was brought up was you know if you go out to eat with your friends you might you know as this skinny smaller friend say i want to sit at the booth just because you like booths and you know you don't really think about or your fat friend may be overthinking about the fact that like sliding into that booth might be uncomfortable for them and it might be difficult and embarrassing to scooch behind that table especially because there tends to be less space and yeah, it was just some, It was, yeah, it was a, um, a TikTok I saw. Of course, I'm referencing social media, how Gen Z of me. Um, yeah, talking about how she would prefer to sit at tables. And sometimes her friends suggest sitting at booths, and that makes her very uncomfortable. But she doesn't want to have to admit the reason why she wants to sit at a table instead. And she kind of just swallows it and just feels very embarrassing, scooching her way into the booth. And another thing I thought of was clothing stores, just the way that plus size clothing is one different in the sense that like there have to be whole brands for making plus size clothing so when we look at a lot of these clothing trends some of these brands don't make clothes past a certain size and then when they're displayed in stores plus size clothing is sometimes a lot of the time separated from the rest of clothes which actually makes no sense especially if it's the same clothing in just bigger sizes or even if it's like different it doesn't make any sense to me why You have to just shop in a different part of the store, like as if you're some odd man out. Like it's some quote unquote special section of the store. Just a normal human being who happens to wear bigger size. That's all. So yeah, little things. And I'm I'm sure there's you know several more examples out there. Those are just the few I wanted to bring up that I thought were particularly interesting. But as I said, the world, or at least our society, because you know beauty standards do vary by nation um yeah the world does cater to slimmer people and slimmer people do sit in a position of privilege that is not being said to invalidate the feelings of smaller people or skinny people and to say that anything you faced you know through skinny shaming doesn't matter because you have so much else going for you it matters and it shouldn't happen but i'll qualify that but in a minute i I didn't want to leave that on a but Um, and a point that was, you know, suggested to be included in this podcast by a friend of mine was that the body positivity, that she noted that the body positivity movement excludes thinner people and they are insecure as well. I think that is an interesting point. Hmm. I do believe, like I said before, everybody does experience insecurity, And I think that there is a place for all body types within the body positivity movement. But I do also think that the movement was made to uplift marginalized body types. Yes, you are skinny and yes, you have had issues with body image. Yes, you've been ridiculed by people in your life or around you in general about um, your body. But it's not the same thing as having an entire society just actively attacking you, which is, you know, fat phobia is so deeply ingrained in the pores of our society. It's just all these little things that you don't notice. I feel like, you know, sometimes even the language that we use and the way we approach certain situations, very fat phobic undertones that we may not always recognize. So, yeah. Something I really wanted to point out was um, the way that both... Thin shaming and fat shaming kind of have roots in misogyny, at least looking at these things through, you know, the perspectives of women, the lost perspective of men is something I'll I'll be kind of closing this episode with. Um, yeah, like it's just, it kind of just makes it because it's like if the fact that any, you know, skinny people who sit in this position of privilege do kind of face any type of, you know, bullying or whatever it may be about their body is so fascinating because it's just like okay if i'm skinny and people are making fun of me and i'm fat and people are making fun of me you just can't win and like as i said looking at this particularly through the perspectives of women because women tend to get so much flack for their body everybody seems to be overly concerned with women's bodies what goes on in it how their bodies change like there's just this obsession with the way that women's bodies look and i think it's just a losing game of course you win a little bit more if you're on the thinner side right but it's like in general like the fact that you know even at a smaller weight you can face backlash for the way that your body looks is ridiculous it just feels like it feel it can feel like a lose-lose situation um yeah onto another point uh kind of going back to what I was mentioning before that but that I didn't finish um as i said i do think that the feelings and the experiences of Slimmer, skinny women in talking about body image and thin shaming are very valid. Your feelings are valid, your experiences are valid, you are valid 110%. But I do think it can at times be tone-deaf to bring up your experiences with skinny shaming when talking about fat shaming. Because it could feel like a slap in the face. It kind of feels like a but what about me type of situation. And it kind of defeats the purpose of the conversation, right? it's as i said your experiences are valid but there is a time and a place an appropriate time and place for everything so if there's this you know very important conversation being had about fat phobia in our society and discussing fat shaming which is just a massively prevalent issue it it does take away from that when you then try to divert the conversation to your struggles that are kind of the struggles of a more privileged group of people as i said valid valid points now is just not the time to be making those points a hundred percent so yeah yeah i i think the fat community has drawn so many short straws that just just i can't even you know wrap my head around how much this community has faced. As I said, there's so many little things in life I've never second guessed because of my weight, certain experiences that I've never been impacted by my weight, you know, that things that you just take for granted. So I can't even begin to fathom what that experience has been like. And yeah, I unfortunately just lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's just, it, it can definitely, as on that point of, you know, talking about thin shaming, time and place, and it does just feel like a slap in the face, a kind of, okay, but like, I have something to say too. Like, it it takes away from another very, very important issue. Moving on, because I think I'm just starting to repeat myself. I've I've made my point very clear. Um, Yeah, as I said, like, kind of touching that point on fat phobia, that fat people are treated differently. Like, simple as that. In two particular ways I can think of is both romantically and as it relates to employment, your weight does affect your um your prospects of being in a relationship, getting married, whatever it may be. You know, it's like almost as if the higher the number on that scale gets, the lower your chances of being seen as quote unquote desirable are, which is really, really messed up. And it's just I I really thought this was going to be just a super empowering episode and it would make me feel better, but it's just making me feel like really crappy. And then employment, I've, you know, heard stories of people not being, you know, employed for certain positions because they didn't fit the look, quote unquote. Right. And it's like the look is just skinny. Right. Can you admit that? And some people can't admit that. So I, I don't really like that. You know, you don't fit my look. That's not the look I'm going for. And it's just something like racism or fat phobia. And it's just like, but I just say it, right? Like. But yeah, as I said, fat phobia very deeply ingrained in our society. And a really crappy thing to have exist in this world at all. There's so much value and worth in all of our bodies, you know, both, you know, taking into account the way that they look. Bodies are bodies, bodies exist. I don't really understand this kind of creation of a hierarchy of bodies, but I think that, you know, we take anything about human beings, different races exist. They just exist. They just exist. And we decided to make a hierarchy out of that too. So what a sad world we live in. Right. Um, And kind of, you know, pivoting my point, um, skinny shaming, I think, this isn't a backtrack to what I said before. This is just, you know, just me, again, qualifying my points. I do think it should be taken more seriously because I do think, as I said, time and place and all that stuff I mentioned before, the pervasiveness of fatphobia, but I do think that it's very easy to skip over um, skinny shaming. You do sit in a position of privilege, but your experiences are still valid and no one deserves to be shamed for their bodies, Period both skinny shaming and fat shaming can have an overwhelmingly negative impact on your mental health and as someone who has experienced that like it'll mess you up like it will mess you up like it's just it's not something that anyone should have to endure in their lifetime um this is i said i was just about to talk about skinny shaming but going back to my point um about fat shaming and fat phobia is something i saw in the, a comment a youtube comment of a video essay i was watching about the body positivity movement someone mentioned that no one ever questions skinny on skinny that's what you want to call it skinny skinny relationships between two like small people but in as a, a small big or a skinny fat relationship that skinnier smaller person will typically be asked, why are you dating them? Like, why are you dating that person? Why do you find that person attractive? Like those, you know, couples like that do get second glances and like people have talked about that. And I think that that is a very interesting thing. As I said, another instance of fat phobia, that things that we don't notice, things that, you know, like to us that somehow look strange because that kind of just, you know, purports that idea that fat people are not desirable, they're not attractive and that it's so mind-boggling or so hard to fathom the fact that someone could be attracted to a fat person, which is like like that makes no sense. Makes no sense. Um makes no sense. Back to my point. I, I apologize for the back and forth, but this I'm actually no. I'm actually really happy because this kind of just follows my train of thought as I was planning this episode. And I did try my best to order everything so that it would flow, but it just, there's so much to think about. I don't think it's a complex issue per se. I think we just shouldn't shame people for their bodies. Simple as that. But I do think there's a lot to consider, a lot of perspectives to consider. And, you know, with it being such a big issue, there's just so much to think about. And there's so much back and forth that I had with this. And that's what you're hearing. You're hearing my um, stream of consciousness. So kind of back to my point about skinny shaming and how I mentioned before that skinny shaming should be taken more seriously, which it should, is I think that ex- excusing skinny shaming and kind of dismissing it and not allowing for the opportunities to discuss it and dismantle it then excuses um, kind of this weirdly, what's the word? Just this weird talk around eating disorders. And I'll elaborate on that. So... Typically, something a lot of people who have brought up their experiences with skinny shaming have noted was that they're typically called like anorexic or bulimic, which those terms should not be thrown around so freely. Those are legitimate conditions that people struggle with and have lost their lives over. So the fact that those types of terms are being just thrown around to insult people's bodies is so gross and should just not be done. And it and kind of and on that note of you know excusing skinny shaming it makes it seem as if like all of a sudden it's okay to critique people's bodies, which it is not, you know, like we as human beings were not put on this earth to be visually appealing to other people. That's not, no, the way you look is just the way you happen to look, but that's, I don't think that that was a part of the function of human beings and the human body. You know, it's not okay to critique people's bodies. That's just, no. Um, and back to the point on eating disorders in particular, I feel like you know throwing that language around when discussing skinny bodies, some you know in some ways, through in my perspective, affirms the idea that you have to be skinny to have an eating disorder, and this is something I've had a you know I've heard a couple people bring up. It's you know we associate people who have anorexia, bulimia, and uh and other eating disorders with you know, this skinny image, right, of this very thin underweight body, but, you know, in throwing this language around in the way that we do and using it to describe the situations that we do, it affirms the idea that, like, to be, like, have a legitimate eating disorder, quote-unquote, you have to be skinny. Plenty of bigger people have suffered years of eating disorders. You know, not everybody hits that point. You don't have to be 85 pounds to say that you have an eating disorder, right? So... There's a lot of issues that come with, you know, excusing, skinny shaming and allowing these kinds of things to continue unclocked because that is just a world of issues in itself. Um, kind of another point, yet another point, of course, on this is another um, topic that was um, suggested to me to mention in this episode was that, the you know, movement is talking so much about positivity but then shames people for opening up about eating disorders or body dysmorphia and how that you know that does relate to invalidating what we call skinny girl struggles and i think that's very interesting i think that we've made so much progress but i do agree that you know open discussion of eating disorders we're making progress plenty of people and you know people of a higher social status have opened up about their experiences with eating disorders But even, you know, that hasn't become so fully, you know, commonplace because of the, I think part of that does have to do with our association of eating disorders with skinny people only. And then because of that kind of dismissal of discussions around skinny shaming and, you know, the struggles of people in smaller bodies that, you know, in doing that, we kind of discard those important conversations about eating disorders as well so i think thank you for bringing that point up and that's something that gave me a lot to think about in particular i don't want to get in i'll in the end of the second episode i'll be discussing more my experiences with body positivity as i said but also eating disorders so fun more of me putting my business on the internet who doesn't love that um Again, circling back to the point I made before, that little premise I made about you know using words like fat and skinny and kind of neutralizing their connotations, um, we shouldn't be scared of using these words. I don't think we should, we shouldn't be using skinny as a, as a word to praise someone. Like skinny shouldn't be a compliment. Like you shouldn't be like, oh my God, you look so skinny today and then expect that to be a compliment and then tell someone you look so fat today and then that's an insult like that's so wrong and that's not how we should be using those words period and i think in this kind of point in time that we've reached people are scared to use those words um for fear of making someone feel bad or uncomfortable um and then as i said those tend to be replaced by euphemisms or similar words like plus size and petite um but yeah i don't think that you know fat is not inherently negative and skinny is not inherently positive those are meanings that we have assigned to those words that we shouldn't have and are things that we should move past and of course you feel free to describe your body in the ways that you feel comfortable with but i also think that just in general those should not be connotated in the way that they are we are all beautiful human beings um yeah you are a beautiful person you know Yeah, that doesn't need more elaboration. You're a beautiful person. And I hope that despite so much of the negative aspects of the body positivity movement that I'm discussing today and just really trying to unpack a little bit of fat phobia, I hope that um, this episode isn't too downtrodden for you. It wasn't supposed to be. Um, But yeah, it's important conversations to be had. As I said, I'm not the most informed person um i try my best for sure i am a sociology major i try to know as much about everything as i can but um i am not you know i haven't studied this for an extensive period of time also removed myself from social media for the past almost six months now so i mean i feel like that removal has you know given me an opportunity to really dissect these um issues from a clearer perspective almost um but has also kind of some, in some ways removed me from some of the conversations that are being had. And I can admit that, yeah, my word is not the rule. My word is not gold, um, but I am trying my best. And I think we should all try our best to understand the things that are going on around us and to just try our best to make this world and this particular society that we live in a better place for all of us to live. That's all. Um, moving on to another point, and this is something that I think is very interesting because as I mentioned earlier, you know, the whole point of the body positivity movement, it did stem from the fat acceptance movement and was really just trying to center fat bodies and say, these, you know, bodies do not need to be stigmatized, these are human beings. Take that, right? But I think it's really interesting and seeing the way that the body positivity movement has developed over the past few years and the stage it's reached right now is we're at a point where fatness is only accepted to an extent and this to me is so ridiculous because as i said this literally stemmed from the fat acceptance movement and somehow we've gotten to a point where fat people aren't accepted still like 50 years later which is crazy um oh wow like 60 years literally um i've this is based a bit more on just personal observation, this is not one of those topics I went crazy like researching for this episode. Something I've noticed about like, you know, fatness only being accepted to an extent is that your acceptance as a fat person is based on sex appeal and attractiveness. And I'm, and that's like, it defeats the whole purpose because then we start to kind of um change what we mean by fat per se, you know? And it's like, you know when you you know look up sometimes images of body positivity and you see these lineup of uh, lineups of women you know, it's just like where are the fat people you know it's like you're you're missing the point they'll throw a few like mid-sized people in there with a flat stomach and a small waist and no cellulite and be like this is your fat representation and it's like you're missing the point you're missing the point, right? It there's still this need, even for even within trying to create that representation of needing to adhere to the standard, right? Of you know, having a certain figure, you know, with a smaller waist, wider hips, no stretch marks, no cellulite, no discoloration, etc. Right. And it's like, okay, but you took all that stuff away. So then you just lost the point. You know, you're still expected to have a flatter stomach, you know. So that's one of the things that really gets me about. You know, what we've kind of settled on as being positive fat representation is it's not wholly accepting or wholly representative of the fat community because they're still looking for people with hourglass figures and flat stomachs. And it's like, no, you might have had the right idea going into it of wanting to showcase fat representation, but you lost all the points. You lost all the marbles on the way. And. I've always thought that was really interesting, especially when you look at like the plus size modeling industry, I guess you could argue that because it's the modeling industry, like whatever, whatever, but the people are, they're still quite small. Like I'm not saying like small, small, but you know what I mean? Right. Of adhering then to that standard. And even outside of the modeling industry in general, fat representation does still follow that model. And your acceptance as a fat person is still premised on how attracted other people are to you, which I think is so messed up. You know, if someone doesn't find your body sexy or anything like that, then like, it's like, no, like we don't want you, you know? And I don't, I really, really, really don't like that. I It just defeats the whole purpose because if the whole point is fat acceptance and then you cut out a fat vast but a vast majority of the fat community with these ridiculous criteria it wasn't really fat representation it it wasn't fat acceptance and I don't think we're close to I it's I think that in general we've made some strides towards fat acceptance but we have a long way to go a long way to go and as so long as you premise someone's worth on your attraction to them, we're not going to move forward. So long as we keep doing that, because obviously that stuff is subjective and it's just such a ridiculous standard to hold any human being to that it's just, what's the point? Like at this point, what's the point? Right. So, yeah, in that way of fatness only being accepted to an extent, I think that that's another, you know, kind of flaw of, of the body positivity movement and honestly just of society in general, of just not being wholly accepting of the fat community when we claim so much about, you know, representation. And another point about that is something that really, really makes me upset is, you know, with this fatness only being accepted to an extent of, you know, when you're trying to, um, narrow down what portion of the fat community we consider for representation is then telling people who don't adhere to that, you know, who don't check off all the boxes of that standard of the, of those criteria that they are promoting obesity for existing, for existing. And it's something that's so stupid. Like that literally, first of all, promotion is active. That's a very active thing to do. You would have to be getting on Instagram and being like, you need to do this and you need to do that. Obesity rocks. We love obesity. Nobody should reach the point of obesity. You can't. We should all strive for health. And once you hit the point of health, I don't think that we should be so wrapped up in what people look like. As long as you're healthy, I think that's something I'm going to elaborate on a little bit more. But like health above all, right? Who is going, who in their right mind is going to turn around and tell impressionable children and young adults that we all need to be obese? Obesity is in. That's, that's, no one is doing that. And I think by, you know telling or trying to you know spin the story and claim that you know fat people for existing are promoting obesity first of all gives the fat community such a bad rep and also then implies that being fat in itself promotes obesity and so you need to be skinny it just sometimes i really dislike human beings because that's so stupid it's not true it's not true you existing as a bigger person is not promoting obesity in the same way that a naturally skinny person for existing is not promoting an eating disorder. Simple as that. Like, no, nobody's doing that. Nobody is doing that. And it's just, it's like, it's pretty much telling fat people that you should not exist or exist publicly like you're pretty much saying i don't want to see you because you know i've seen bigger women post you know like full body pictures on instagram and plenty of comments being like oh my god you should take this down you're promoting obesity first of all this person may not even be obese second of all in what way are they promoting obesity like that's so insulting that's so rude like you really shouldn't say that to people like that's really really rude and just It's not true, so don't say that. That's just this weird thing that people have started to say. I mean, they've probably been saying it for a long time, but it's something I've really noticed on social media. A lot of these comment sections, and that's just so out of pocket. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Someone that I really wanted to talk about in this episode is Lizzo. And not for the reason that you might think, because she has kind of just been dubbed this representative um of the body positivity movement purely for existing as a confident fat woman, which like you might say that's not a bad thing, but it's kind of a weird thing. You you know, cause it just Lizzo's kind of, you know, her shooting up to stardom and her kind of coming to the, you know, the forefront of like public visibility, it was so mind-boggling for some people to comprehend how someone with her body type could be so confident. And then I guess that then translated to her being made like some unofficial chairwoman of the body positivity movement, which I think is so funny. It's almost laughable, right? It's like a similar thing to like, you know, being the only black person in your class and you're discussing um, American history, which rough, right? And then you suddenly become the representative or anything at all, literally. And you've suddenly become the representative of the black community. You didn't ask to be that, you know, in the same way that she didn't really ask to be the head of the body positivity movement. But that was a side point to make. Something I really wanted to talk about is, um, she's talked about her own grievances with the body positivity movement, but something I have, that's recently come to my attention, um, which she's an unfortunate, um, I guess an example of, is the body positivity movement in ways that you may not notice up front promote stagnation in that in with the movement being premised on accepting your body based on appearance and this overwhelming emphasis on appearance it kind of requires you to stay in the state that you are now and like your body love your body in the state that it is in right now and if you change it that that's somehow like not body positivity, quote-unquote, right? And I think that's the way a lot of people have started to interpret the movement of you needing to accept it at the weight you're at, at the figure you're at, at whatever it may be. Right now, this is what it is. It needs to stay like this, and you need to suck it up and like what you see today and every day. And in that way, promote promotes stagnation, right? So then something that's happened recently is... Um, Lizzo lost 50 pounds and got backlash. And I was like, when I heard about this the other day, I was like, I know you lying. Like, I what? She got what now? And it's like, you know, like, that's the point. You know, she was supposed to stay at the point she's at right now. And because she didn't, how could she really be promoting body positivity? Like, whatever, right? And something I, you know, picked up from another podcast I listened to a couple weeks ago. And it was talking about, because there's so little um fat representation in the media that it's a huge blow when any fat person loses any weight, like at all. You know, plenty of people have gotten backlash for it. I've seen like people like rebel Wilson who lost weight, um, Adele, etc. That it's like this huge thing, like you can't sit here and tell me that you love your body and you should love your body the way it looks and then lose weight. But then that's not the point. The point of body positivity should be to love your body at any stage that it's at, right? assuming that you that your preferred way of coming to acceptance and confidence is through an emphasis on appearance, right? If that's the case, and we're talking like all bodies matter, all bodies are beautiful, what does it matter if I lose weight? Like mm-hmm. are you telling me I, I I I don't look good now? Like is like I don't it's it's a bit hypocritical to say that you lost weight so you can't possibly care about body and it's like, another thing is, is one of the healthiest people I've ever seen. I aspire to be as healthy as this woman. She eats very clean. Also, you know, allows herself to eat what we consider unhealthy foods. In moderation, she's very physically active. Baby, who's about to get up on a stage and play the flute, dance, sing and rap at the same time? Because it's not going to be me. I don't. I don't have the physical stamina for that. Her physical, what is the word I am, grasping for the moment her her physical endurance capability and stamina are like commendable like that's one fit woman right so i think it's very uh, this whole situation is just so interesting i don't think you should be considered a sellout for losing weight like that literally doesn't make any sense aside from the list of example in general if losing weight is what makes you feel more confident or if gaining weight because that's totally a thing i i know at one point in my life, I was obsessed with gaining weight because I thought I was too small, and I thought that the most attractive state for me would be if I gained weight. That's a story for another day. But you know, like if changing your weight is what's going to bring you to that point of self confidence, there's nothing wrong with that, and that doesn't you know not to sell out. You still care very much it's just ugh, ridiculous, as I said, humans really be giving me a headache sometimes. I think, as I said. All of this at the end of the day should be about wanting to live a healthier lifestyle and then accepting the body that comes with that. If you exercise five times a week and you eat pretty clean, you eat what you like in moderation and you start that lifestyle tomorrow and continue it for the rest of your life. And 10 years down the line, you'd be like, oh, I've lost like 30 pounds. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Like Live the healthier lifestyle, we should all strive to be, you know, in peak health in the ways that we can change our health, of course. You know, certain things can't be fixed. But in my case, for example, I had a cholesterol issue and I changed my diet. I became more physically active and I'm a healthy person now, health above all, right? So, like, the goal should be to be healthy. And when it comes to the body positivity movement, at your peak health, I feel like you should just... Whatever body comes with that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? If she is in her peak health and happened to lose 50 pounds along the way, there's literally nothing wrong with that. Case in point, period. So yeah, health matters most. I think that we have this major um, obsession with image over lifestyle. And that's a little bit of an issue that I have with the body positivity movement. The movement, I like I said, on paper in its purest intentions has so much to offer, but the way that it's been implemented and co-opted over the past few years has just been so crappy. Um, and has kind of led to this obsession over image of image over lifestyle and health. So let's not do that. Let's not focus so heavily on what other people look like, or what we look like. And I think health should matter most if you're in your peak health and i think that probably just goes back more to the point of body neutrality you're in peak health just kind of discard what your body looks like and focus on something else i guess um and you know continuing with this point about health we tend to falsely equate health with being skinnier we tend to assume that smaller people are always healthier which is not necessarily true um I don't think that point needs more elaboration. It's not true. Um, Of course, being fat is not inherently um, unhealthy. Of course, past a certain point, your weight will affect your health, of course. But as I said, if you're prioritizing health, the weight that comes with that is what it is, you know? So yeah, yeah, simple as that. Um, You shouldn't tell someone who is a like a fatter person that they need to lose, especially if their weight is not impacting their health and they're in perfectly fine health. You shouldn't just walk up to them and be like, you should lose weight to be healthier. And, and you're like, so this person may be thinking to themselves, I am literally the healthiest I've ever been. It, it's back to my other point though. We should not be criticizing people's bodies. Just keep it to yourself. It's as simple as that. Yeah overarching point of all the rambling i've done so far is that we should accept people with naturally bigger bodies genetics work the way that genetics do and promote health that's all that's all and kind of nearing the end of this incessant rambling um last two points i want to make and i'll try to make them very quickly Um, bodies and morals. This is another personal, um, observation I've made is that in general, people tend to believe better of you when you're smaller. And it works very similarly to pretty privilege where people tend to assume that prettier people have better morals and are better people. And I guess pretty privilege and, you know, all this stuff I've discussed so far are very intricately and very closely related. When you think about the fact that we associate skinny with pretty, and then everything that's not skinny is not pretty. So then, it does work the same way that pretty privilege does. Um, people tend to assume, as I said before, that you are healthy. They tend to assume that you exercise, and they will assume that you make better choices if you are a skinnier person versus if you are um, a fatter person. People assume the worst of you. Um, they assume that you don't care about yourself. They don't. You don't care about your health. You don't care about your life. You just make a. You make a series of bad choices. Not necessarily true. Um yeah, just, I don't, that's literally all I wanted to say about that point, but it was something that came into my mind when planning this episode. And that's really messed up. We shouldn't do that. Both as it relates in general, to a pretty privilege and people's bodies, because that's not the case. Plenty of mean, bad, evil, small people exist. Plenty of good, kind-hearted, fat people exist. Let's not, let's not do that today. And my last point, as I, um kind of mentioned that i would talk about earlier is um men and where are the men when we talk about the body positivity movement and there is when we talk about body positivity and skinny shaming and everything we generally are talking about women um yes i like women do run the movement like i will admit like women run the movement like i can't pretend that that's not true so the next probably largest to do why with why there is so much overwhelming, um, female, particularly cisgendered female representation. Um, but I do agree that even with women running the movement, there has still been little active effort to include men or just other people in general. Um, but hmm, where was I going to go with this? um, yeah, but there's been little active effort to include men. That could have been a choice that was made it It wasn't made um, yeah, and then something else I wanted to get into. I do think more men I think that male body insecurity is something that's not talked about enough, and yeah, like men male insecurities in general are not talked about enough. I can probably make an entire episode about the interesting subject that is men um but yeah male insecurity and male bodies and just the inner workings of men's mind their self-confidence is very rarely discussed and something i would like to get into a little bit more in a future episode so let me know if you'd be interested in that but the main point of what i was trying to talk about with this is male body standards and there is certain criteria like of what we consider to be like the most attractive men and that does lead to a lot of male body insecurity especially when you're looking for like tall muscular you know body types and there are plenty of men that don't fit that so that does breed insecurity and there's not enough effort to kind of you know reaffirm to men that you know their body type whatever it may be matters as well and but at the same time i do think that men are given more freedom women to stray from the standard because as i mentioned before that i feel like a lot of skinny shaming and fat shaming is rooted in misogyny it's kind of like a lose it lose game for women um and when i thought about that i was like okay but what about for men of course like fat men probably do get a lot of flack not probably do get a lot of flack but at the same time overall they're given more leeway than women like i was thinking a lot about the whole like dad bod thing that was a whole thing and i was thinking about myself and i was thinking about how much i generally do remove bodies from men um yeah so it's like yeah in general of course that's not to you know invalidate any males you know experiences with um body insecurity but in general men are given that leeway to stray from the standard and still be considered attractive I think that women exist in a very confined box and there's a much tighter criteria of what's considered an attractive woman. So yeah, that was just an interesting point that I wanted to make. But yeah, okay, no, actually I had more to say about it. But yeah, that men are allowed to age, men are allowed to gain weight, and yet at the same time, like women's changes in body in their bodies are plastered on tabloids and on gossip shows. A woman gains five pounds and there's articles being written about it. And it's just, that's messed up. That's messed up. And unfortunately, this is where I'll be ending the episode. This is for part one. These were just the kind of first set of issues I wanted to get into. I'm really sorry if that ended on a negative note. Um, But yeah, do listen to part two right after this if it's been posted. Um, Yeah, I... Hope this wasn't, you know, too negative of an episode. I feel like that was a bit of an abrupt ending, but it is what it is. Um, Tough issues, you know, sad issues to be discussing. I tried my best to kind of make it a little bit more uplifting, but I do promise the the next part will be even more interesting. I hope that this, you know, opened your eyes up to, you know, a bit of what's going on around us. Um, a lot of the bad things, very unfortunate things that are happening around us and, I hope that, you know, this is of some comfort to you on your own um, journey to self-confidence and, you know, having a better, more positive um, body image. And again, I want to reaffirm, we are all wonderful. We are all beautiful. And don't forget that. I know it's, you know, hearing it from another person won't change your perspective of yourself um, overnight, but... There is one person out here who's never met you, who's never seen you, but truly does believe you are a beautiful person. So yeah, I hope that this wasn't too sad of an episode. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. This is something I thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to talk so much about things that I find interesting. And thank you for listening. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you really enjoyed this episode.